What up, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plus, and with myself, Steve Nisbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, sadly still social distance from me, Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed, and social distance for a long time yet by the sounds of things. Hello everybody, welcome back, this is episode number 222 and thanks to everyone as always who tuned in to last week's show very very grateful to you for that this week we've got another two games to review a well-earned draw against a very good Exeter side and arguably the complete performance against fallen giants Bolton Wanderers on Saturday some cracking goals there possible contenders for at least goal of the month, maybe one or two for goal of the season. We've also got a lot of views, our views, lots of fan views, a news roundup from around the club. But as always, we start with a word from our sponsors. Yeah, so our sponsors are AGF Plastering, as you all must know by now. They are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is they offer 15% for all O's fans, players, staff, anyone who is connected with the O's. If you'd like more information and the best plastering and rendering prices around, there's four ways to get in the info that you need. You can look at the AJF website on www.ajfplastering.co.uk or you can email Adam at the boys at ajfplastering at outlook.com or you can visit their Facebook page by just going to Facebook and typing in AJF Plastering. Or if you're on Twitter, look up Big Ads with a Z, LOFC on Twitter. And that way you can get hold of Adam to get your quote. So thank you to AJF Plastering for your amazing deals and for sponsoring the podcast. Absolutely. And they've also joined Instagram now. I forgot to mention, I forgot to update that. They are also on Instagram, AJF Plastering. Uh, as well, where they're posting a lot of pictures of their work, uh, or was going to start to. So, uh, no, well done uh, for Adam's social media team for getting getting on board with that. So, moving on then, the week that was, we're now moving into Coulson Monday, the 26th of October. And happy birthday to XO and friend of the podcast, Macaulay Bond. And we also wish a very happy 50th birthday to another friend of ours, also um, a long-time Orient fan, uh, like us from the Lowdown podcast, Julian Fern. Hope you had a great day, uh, as well as can be expected, and hope uh, hope your boys uh, got an improvement in his situation as well. And we wish him uh, a speedy, speedy recovery. Yeah, happy birthday, gents. Also on Monday, we will say a well done to Lawrence Vigaru and to Conor Walkinson, who both deservedly made the Skybet League 2 Team of the Week following their displays for the O's. And well done to Lawrence Figaro again, who was later announced in the day as having made the EFL team of the week. So very good performances following his clean sheets against Tranmere and Stevenage yeah. the previous week. That's right. Now, um, we mentioned last week that two uh, lifelong Orient people, legends if you like, had unfortunately uh, left the club. One of those was was Howard Gould and the Trust uh, eventually put out a small statement regarding Howard leaving the club. They certainly did. That has just disappeared from my phone, which I'm trying <laughs> to find. They basically finally put out a trust on, on Monday after all of his work um, throughout the years that he'd been there. So it was good to see Howard uh, get some recognition um, and hopefully, you know, we'll see Howard at the O's in the future. And like we said last week, we wish him all the best from us, from Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. Absolutely. Um, In the evening, it was time for the FA Cup first round draw. We didn't have to wait long on this occasion as we were drawn out uh, as the first ball. We were drawn at home to Newport County with the tie to be played on this coming weekend, actually the 7th of November. And as far as we're aware, that is going ahead on that day. That's the JE3 derby, if you remember. That was one of Justin's other clubs. And obviously I'd have much preferred a local non-league side to make it a little bit easier uh, to get into uh, the second round. But, you know, we've been drawn against um, the inform and league-leading Newport County there. So, you know, it'll be a good test for us. Yeah, it'd be a very good test. And all that excitement and all that anticipation with the first ball <laughs> drawn out. Um, I was so you know, surprised. 
doesn't normally happen. No. But at least we didn't have to watch the draw for ten minutes. And, you know, <laughs> and listen to that lady that, making so, all the mistakes. <laughs> you know, it'd be, it'd be a tough game. Like you said, there's a lot of connections now between Newport and Leighton Orange. Justin Edinburgh, also Tristan Abrahams, uh, yeah. ex-striker, who's having a great season Sadly. Uh, at Newport. It'd be a difficult game. Chris W underscore one tweeted us that at least it wasn't Plymouth. On a yeah. real note, in my opinion, we do have a strong connection with Newport. Juicy Justin doing great things for both clubs, but it's a shame supporters can't be there for the game, which yeah. you know we obviously echo. We'd love to be um, at the match, but as it stands, I think it's going to be a while till we're, till we're sitting again in yeah. Abbey Loveburn Road. That's right. So moving on then to Tuesday the 27th of October, the plaudits continue for Lawrence Vigarou, who was also named in the league papers League 2 Team of the Day. So well done to Lawrence Vigarou. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So later in the day, it was time for the main event. It was Exeter City up at home. And the team was announced at 6pm with Lawrence Vigarou in goal. Back for Tunji Akinola, Josh Coulson, Dan Happy, James Brophy, a midfield of Usi, Sake, Craig Clay, Joby McEnough, and up top, JMD, Danny Johnson, and Connor Wilkinson. On the bench, we have Sam Sargent, Joe Widowson, Jamie Turley, Hector Kiprianu, Josh Wright, James Dayton, and Louis Dennis. So that meant there was only one change from the starting 11 from the victory at Stevenage as Ruel Satoru was left out of the squad following his concussion sustained in that game, and Jordan Maguire Drew started in his place your views on that Steve? yeah I mean no surprises I think Ross at this point had started to be naming a consistent 11 so that's mm. good from a consistency point of view now we're starting to see the same four at the back we're starting to understand each other's game I think you've mentioned it you know consistency is the key yeah. at this level one change and the change made complete sense the two of you are not fit enough so JMD you had a good game the previous week against Stevenage gets his chance to further impress so no I was happy with that what about you yeah no I, I agree with you you know I like an unchanged side I wasn't expecting many changes at all um, so for me that made absolute sense and there's no heart there's no point sorry in risking um, risking Ruel um, when there's plenty of other players that we can we can put on in his place that give us different options so no all made sense and was all good for me we had a number of tweets coming in didn't we but uh, one that we're going to read out is from at Orient Liam who said if JMD has a consistent game we win it Wilco's on fire and Akinola proving to be a solid signing do you know that's actually a really good point because a lot of people were moaning the fact that we've gone for a youngster from West Ham rather than signing a more experienced head to replace you know Marvin Ekpeteta effectively um, but he's, he's, he's acquitted himself extremely well um, Lance Figaro's in top form uh, Liam went on to say Johnson is lethal as ever and he's quietly confident is how he ended that tweet. Amazing tweet. So Exeter fielding a very young goalkeeper who they'd signed on loan just four hours before kickoff. Also had XO's Tom Parks in the lineup, Jake Caprice and XO Loney Jake Taylor. So they got the match underway on a cold, horrible October night with both teams looking to build on their recent good form as both teams had won their last two games. Um, that's absolutely right and after a decent looking start for Exeter it took Orient just four minutes to get off the mark as Jordan Maguire drew floated a cross in from the left which Craig, uh, which came to Craig Clay at the far post who side-footed, effectively cushioned the ball across the six-yard box and there was in-form Connor Wilkinson at the far post to tap the ball in to put the O's 1-0 up getting his sixth goal of the season Already surpassed Already. last year's tally. Incredible. Mm. I mean, at the time, I just thought that was a, a decent goal. But when you watch it back, the, the actual passing and moving and the actual move is a fantastic move. Really good goal. Great to see um, another good, strong start from the O's, who have made a habit, actually, now of starting to score first goals early in games. So great to see us do that. Great assist from Craig Clay, um, who's done that previously in a friendly for Josh Wright. Uh, and Connor Wilkinson, like we've already said, six goals already this season. Mm. And him and Danny Johnson, you can't stop him at the moment. So, perfect start. Spare a thought for Lee Angle, who's going to really struggle to, to get yes. back into that side. Um, he's going to have to do something magnificent in training for for Ross to, um, you know, to, to include him. Um, you know, and I, for me, I thought that was an excellent and really, really well-worked goal. A poacher's finish from someone who's in confident form is what I also noted. But, you know, the presence of mind of Craig Clay to place that ball back across the box, 
that you know he had enough weight on the ball to make sure it got to Connor um, and and the accuracy as well. Otherwise, he could have scuffed it and and we'd have lost that perfectly good chance. So absolutely brilliant there. Yeah, I mean Craig Clay does something similar in the Tranmere game where he gets the ball in a similar position and opposed to losing his head and blasting it over. Again, cushioned it nicely to Danny Johnson, who made it 1-0. So we've seen that a few times from Clay Clay. So we were on goal up early. We were looking for a second. Joby McEnough looked like he was really in the mood for a goal or two. He had two efforts uh, in the 12th and 15th minute, both comfortably wide, not causing the Exeter to keep it too much trouble. No, fast forward a few minutes to the 20th minute, and Lawrence Vigaru, who had been a spectator for most of the match so far, comfortably caught a, Jake Spark, a Jack Sparks cross and two minutes later, Connor Wilkinson went in the book for his late challenge on the aforementioned Sparks. Yeah, naughty challenge there from Connor. Yeah, uh, 25th minute, Exeter had a free kick in a decent position. They were starting to come into the game uh, more and more. And Matt Jay, who was looking quite good actually for them, mm. his free kick was easily caught by a Vigaroo. And a minute later, Matt Jay was at it again. This time he was in the box. Quite a powerful shot from fairly close range, which Vigaroo done well to save but at this point the key Exeter players for me who were Matt Jay Key um, and Williams I think were starting to get more and more uh, influence on the game so Vigo had to be alert and done well both times Yeah on the half hour mark we went close to making it 2-0 as a neat bit of skill from James Brophy saw the ball come to Jordan Maguire Drew who opened up his body and smashed the ball just over the bar from outside the area Good effort would have mm. taken the net off had it gone in no, absolutely, and I think in the lead, in the build-up to that, we, we worked that opportunity, we worked that option very, very nicely as well, so some good football being played there. Yeah, 39th minute, James Demon close from a corner as he's in swung the ball in, which caught out the young keeper Anderson, uh, but cannoned off the crossbar. Yeah, very close there. Not much to talk about for the rest of the half, as a minute of injury time was played with the O's leading the visitors one goal to nil at half-time. Yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed that half. It was a good half of football, actually. You could see Exeter were a decent team, but we were more than matching them. Um, I thought Akinola, especially, was looking really composed, really solid, looking like an, you know, an old head mm. on young shoulders. So I was really impressed and was looking forward to see what the second half had to bring. Yeah, and look, we haven't talked about an awful lot of guilt-edge chances for either team. We've had that one... Um, and we've taken it and I think that's really the difference between a team that's confident and a team that's not confident and a team that knows where their respective uh, players are and who's going to be in the right spot at the right time because Craig Clay could have cushioned that across to nobody and their keeper or their defender could have cleared, uh, gobbled that up or cleared it away so you know it's just those little fine margins that help define you know the longer term um, you know, performance of the team and the confidence that that builds from that. So, no, very, very pleasing so far. Gooch Dog High Fives, uh, thanks for your tweet, Doug. Great start by the O's. Certainly started better than my old car on a cold... Oh, oh, I didn't say old. I, didn't, I shouldn't be so judgmental, uh, actually. Uh, my car on a cold October evening. Yeah, so the second half started, no subs for the O's, and just two minutes of the half were played as a long ball over the top behind James Brophy fell to the dangerous Josh Key, who got him down the right, whipped the ball into the box, and ex-O's loney Jake Taylor timed his run perfectly, completely unmarked, placed the ball past Vigoro to equalise with his third goal in three games, and the first goal we'd conceded in three games to make it one all, but disappointing start to the half. It was a good finish um, from Jake Taylor, but... Cissé, I think, was his man. Cissé is pretty much nowhere to be seen. So defensively, a really poor goal to concede. And I think Ross mentioned it in his post-match. You know, he spoke about keeping it solid in the first 10-15 minutes. And mm. two minutes later, the game's completely turned on its head. And it's, and it's one all. First five or ten minutes of the second half for any team are always dangerous, aren't they? Because they've already been fired up, had a rocket put up their backsides by their manager. So there's always that danger that if you concede, it, it could sort of dent the rest of the uh, the half's plan. But for me, Brophy got caught out there. Nobody stopped the cross coming in. I think maybe Coulson uh, was the closest there. Um, and as you rightly say, how was Taylor allowed that much time and space in our box? No one's picked him up. I think that might have been Oos's man there. And I think generally defensively, not just the defenders, but as a team defensive display, I don't think that was a particularly good goal for us to uh, to concede, um, unfortunately. But the next 10 to 15 minutes saw Exeter looking the more likely of the teams to take the lead without really any chances of note. But, that, but they should have taken the lead in the 61st minute as a poor pass from Josh Coulson was cut out 
and Josh Key was played in with just Lawrence Vigarou to beat, he ended up putting the ball a fraction of an inch wide. He really should have scored that poor pass from Coulson. And um, pretty much most other days we get punished for that. Um, so lucky, lucky, lucky to escape with that and to escape with the one scoreline intact at that moment in time. Yeah, I know Josh. We know Josh listens to the podcast. So, mate, what what was what was going through your mind when you when you did that one? Um, tweet us or DM us or, or message us. Let us know. Um, a huge bit of luck for us, as you say, Steve. It was a massive let off, and that that could have been potentially a heads go down, or it might have fired us up. I don't know. Yeah, a minute later, it was the first change of the game for the O's. It's Joe Woodson came on for James Brophy. For me, at that point, I think that was the right side. Brophy was looking a bit leggy and Key wasn't. So Key, at that moment, was having the upper hand in their battle. So it was good to see Widdowson with us and get on. I thought that was the right sub there from Ross. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. A few minutes later, it was the second sub for the O's as Louis Dennis replaced Connor Wilkinson and Jordan Maguire drew moved to the right and Dennis went on the left. Yeah, I mean, that made sense. We were still being overrun a little bit at this point with Exeter looking more likely to score. Connor was having a quiet second half and already on a booking. So, again, that, that stuff made complete sense to me. And putting JMD on the right, again, a no-brainer because he's more of a naturally right-sided player. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, 68 minutes on the clock then, almost a chance for the O's. There's a great bit of footwork from Maguire Drew. Saw him swing a cross in that Louis Dennis just couldn't get on the end of. And two minutes later, it's almost the same combination again as Dennis just needed to be a couple of inches taller so that he could get on to the end of Jordan's in-swinging cross. And I have to say, that was really unlucky. Those crosses were really good. I think someone like, you know, it's a bit taller like Connor, might have got on the end of that and directed that into goal. I think we could have been looking at all three points there. But, I mean, you're talking fractions of inches and fine margins. So that's no criticism of either of any player. They were brilliant crosses. Uh, and Louis was really unlucky there. Yeah, two beautiful, you know, yeah, they were inviting crosses there. And again, seeing the impact of James go over to the right-hand side. So mm. let's fast forward into the 78th minute. And after some neat build-up play, Joby McEnough had an effort from outside the box. But his curling effort was well over the bar. Yeah, a bit of a wasted shot there, unfortunately. Um, 85 minutes on the clock. And the ball came out to XO Tom Parks on the edge of the six-yard box, whose volley was well blocked by Josh Coulson. I think that was one of the most vital blocks, actually, because otherwise that was a goal. I think he just got his thigh to that to direct that out. So um, we were very fortunate that Josh was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, he done well. I mean, that, that was definitely going on target at some speed. Yeah. Uh, it definitely would have caused Vigoro some problems. But great block by Josh. And just two minutes later, in the 87th minute, it was time for the final O-sub as James Dayton came on for the ever-young Joby McEnough. And a minute later, Joe Woodhouse was booked for dragging back key. Three minutes of time were added on as Uzise picked up a late booking and there were no chance of note as the referee brought the game to a close as the O's picked up a hard-earned point as the match ended 1-0 against the very decent Exeter City team. Ross yeah, Ross Embleton. Yeah. yeah, go on. No, go on. Hey, Ross Embleton said, I'm just a bit disappointed that we didn't really go ruthless in terms of the start to our game going a goal up and I thought we were comfortable but needed to show more of an edge to go on and put a team to the sword the way the game evolves in the second half it can go either way in the first half we probably had more of those moments Jordan Maguire drew created 1v1 situations in the second half but we had a few of those in the first half where we looked to hurt the opposition in a manner that I would expect us to second half we never quite got a grip on the game to build attacks or have any real sustained moments so that meant after that match, the O's were first it can lead to. And at this point, we'd played nine, won three, drawn three, lost three, points 12 with a goal difference of zero. So literally even Stevens at this point in the league table. So your views on Exeter City bearded legend? Yeah, thank you. Great result in my opinion. I I've absolutely would have taken a point um, uh, before kick-off. Absolutely no question or a doubt about that. Um for me, few too many mistakes and errors from certain individuals in this game, but the back line were generally excellent, and Akinola again being mentioned as a man of the match contender for the third or fourth game running now. So, you know, I think we've got a real quality loan sign in there, as we said earlier. Some good individual performances as well, and it's not all doom and gloom, but those who weren't doing well, I think, will be replaced as those who aren't getting game time will pretty much be banging on Ross's door 
asking them to give them a start. And I know that might sound a little bit overly critical, a little bit harsh, and I really don't mean it to, but I think with the competition for places and some of the players not getting even in, on, on the bench at the moment, I think you know it's going to give Ross that selection headache that, that we keep talking about. From the bits that I saw, because I couldn't watch the whole game through its entirety, I thought Jordan Maguire-Drew had a good game and Joe Widdison, I thought, came on and looked good at left-back. And if we can play like that and get a draw from a team like Exeter City, I think there's a huge positive to take from that as well. They're a fast, solid side with strength all over the pitch, so expect to see them up and around the automatic promotion places uh, in our league. Taylor of Exeter, yeah, quite, I don't normally mention and pick out players of the opposition team, but yeah, quite a week. He scored three goals in three games and he also got married apparently, so it's been a bit of a, a time for him. I, I must be honest though, I don't remember him at Orient, um, to be honest, so um, kind of been that great for us. He was alright actually, he was in the, um, in the first season that we started doing the podcast, he came on loan from Reading, he scored a couple but wasn't wasn't anywhere near the player um, yeah. he's now become. But I think on that game, I think I think that was a good point actually. Uh, looking back on back on it, a really good start, comfortable first half actually, a really great first forty-five, um, especially against Nexus team whose midfield I think of Key and Williams um, won't be in this division for too long. Whether that's with Exeter or they get transferred out, yeah. uh, did see kind of get another goal. I thought all the subs were spot on. I thought JMD looked dangerous when he moved to the right. I thought Willowson looked good when he came on at left back. I thought Clay had a very good game uh, after I was critical of him uh, two weeks ago. And I thought Akinola was absolutely excellent. I finished by saying, not a perfect performance by any means, but an encouraging one against one of the best sides I think we'll see in this league. So those were our views. Those are your views after the game. Thank you to everyone who sends their tweets and to us at Orient Outlook. And again, just because we read them does not mean we agree with them. So George Girks started off with a tweet who said, I would have taken the point before the game and we almost gifted them a winner shortly after they equalised, but we didn't test the keeper enough and we go again Saturday. I think, you know, that's one thing that you can probably meant say that we, I've mentioned in my views, but that a very young goalkeeper. Yeah. We scored in the fourth minute really early on and we didn't really put him under too much pressure. I think that's the only thing we can really be critical of um, in that performance in terms of our attack. Yeah, I saw, I saw it in fits and spurts where we was literally, I think we had a player uh, standing on their goalkeeper trying to put him off and there's those sorts of things where you're sort of jumping into the loose balls and stuff like that. But you're right, I don't think we put him under enough pressure. Charlie C87 tweeted in and said, positive performance, Akinola was superb. Tempo looked a lot better than the previous weeks and it was enjoyable to watch. Yeah, once he said, I thought that was a relatively entertaining game. Before we did well against another informed team, Soft goals to concede for the equaliser, but on the whole, we did okay. Akinola was my stand-up man of the match. A real find, and he's getting better by the game. There you go. Paul Skinner, 88, said the first half was good. Started off the second half. Start the second half, sorry, was bad. I feel sorry for Widdison. He's a, he's a good left-back, and he keeps getting mugged off in place of Brophy, who shouldn't be there. The problem Orient have is panicking and playing hoofball. When they keep it on the floor, they're actually okay. Yeah, good point there. Spenno, 0-1-1 one, one to the fair result. Exeter certainly are a good team. For most of the match, we match them, so a draw is about right. The good one continues, and we look a decent side. Yeah, Wallace, um, Wallace RM1 said, Decent first half, but we were second best for large parts of the second. Passing has gone to pot, and one shot on target is disappointing. Exeter looked decent, though, so a good point. Yeah, Orient fans TV said, fair result that. Exeter are a good side and will be one of the teams up there at the end of the season. But what I couldn't understand for the majority of the game was why we kept hoofing the ball up to our shortest striker, Johnson, only for us to lose possession again and again. I think we were under so much pressure, I think we were just trying to get it out of our half. And give ourselves breathing space. Yeah, but but a couple of points have picked up on the long ball stuff and I must be be honest, I I didn't mention it, but yeah, it's absolutely right. You know, I think... You know, we've gone from being sort of able to play nice football to just sort of long balls and turning over possession really cheaply and really easily. Um, Linda Parrott, uh, 186, said, In games when we don't create many chances, we need to look more threatening from set pieces. Yeah, that's a good point. At the beginning of the season, we were commenting about how dangerous we were looking. I think a big piece of that was Jamie Turley. I think when Jamie Turley returns to the starting eleven, I think you'll see a few a few new combos come in there because he seems to be a pivotal part in those set-piece puzzles. Alan Reeves, Seuss. The fact we're happy with a point tells you where we are. 
lower half finish for us this season. The question now is, is it a lack of quality players or something to do with the management that we aren't any better? Yeah, I saw that come in. And I think, Alan, you're completely overlooking the fact that we've played one of the best teams in this division and got a point having not played as well as we know we can. So I think that's probably a little bit harsh um, on, on the team there. I think, and obviously the fact that we play Bolton and got the result that we get. And, you know, we, we got beaten by Cheltenham 2-0 after we played, um, you know, with a team ravaged or, or, you know, that had been ravaged by COVID. So I think that we've played two really good teams. And, all right, we lost against Cheltenham, but there's mitigating circumstances. But one of the other better sides in the league have come to our ground and we've got a point from it on a Tuesday night. I don't think that's a... A negative, really. Um, LOFC1978 said, got away with one there. Uh, on the rope to virtually the whole second half as Exeter dominated. Not sure what Emberton thinks he's playing at bringing on a left-back to play at left-back. Must have got his players confused. Jordan Maguire-Drew looked OK in spells and the keeper is decent. Adam E. Woodenhood said that was a good game of footy. Thought Woodhouse done a great job when he came on. Definitely felt like he plugged a hole down the left. LOFC fan too said we played very well again but I do think we need Josh Wright back in the team as he passes the ball better the only problem is I'm not sure who we can drop for him maybe Joby rests for Bolton no chance of Joby ever resting ever again or wanting that rest he'd resist the point especially after our second half performance Akinola superb again one shot on target at home though is poor it's time to perhaps change up the formation during the match to try and force issue and push two up front with support for DJ. Terence Coates too said, a game of two halves would have taken a point before the game. After the first half, my expectations increased. But overall, the draw is a fair result. Akinola getting a mention again here. He says he shone out again and admired Dayton's urgency when he came on. Yeah, Stonemeister said a fair result, especially considering we barely troubled their young, untested keeper. Defensively, we were sound, bar Colson's error. And a special mention for Happy and Akinola, who were composed on the ball. Not a fan of the long ball. We are so much better when we play it on the floor. True. Ollie underscore Sonnenfeld said, good point against a decent team, although we switched off completely for their goal. CC doesn't get near enough to the opposition for me and tends to just dance around the pitch. Happy with the point, though. Graeme G, 1484-3952, says, pleased with a point. They really upped the game in the second half and never gave us a sniff. Seven points from nine is decent. A good game to watch, to be fair. George Nicholas, underscore one, said, in the past, we would have thrown that kind of game away. So, overall, I'm pleased. First half was good. Second half, extra showed they're a good team. Sorry to be a broken record, but Brophy playing further up can be the difference in games like that. E3 oriented a hard fought point. The Cecil starting lineup has really made a difference in the last three games. Although we need to get more balls to Johnson. I'd like to see JMD and Wilco switch sides to start on Saturday. Good use of the subs again, and all is going in the right direction. Uh, Kid Sampson O said point gained against a better, more fluent side. We're 13th in the table, and seven of our games have been against sides that are below us. We're destined for around 16th, in my honest opinion. Treading water. Squad needs an overhaul next summer. Boatsy says that was a great point. Exeter, a decent side, and we more than matched them. James D put some great crosses in, but just no one really to get on the end of them. Akinola, play with quality, take a point, and move on to Bolton on Saturday. And the final word this week goes to Pandemonium1881, who said, First half we did well out of possession, closing down space, competing first and second balls, and were deservedly in the lead. Second, we were a bit naive and appeared a bit jaded for the first 30-35. But, credit where due, we came back strong last 10 and could have nicked it. Defensively, we looked tighter, but lacked a bit of creativity in the final third from an attacking point of view. Although Wilkinson and Johnson worked very hard throughout. Frustrating not to win when in front, but a fair point versus a side who will probably be top eight. Rounds off a decent week. Yeah, so thank you to everyone who tweeted us after the Exeter game. We haven't mentioned one of your tweets out. One may be coming with the Bolton tweet. So it's time for a Design Cadby Prediction League update. So Design Cadby specialised in company branding, advertising, print, digital and logo design specialists. And all LOFC fans get 15% off. So you can find James on social media at Design Cadby. He's on Twitter Facebook and Instagram or if you're interested and you're not on social media you can email James now at hello at jamescadby.com 
Moving on uh, to, ne- well, there's a lot of people that got this prediction right. So rather than um, consuming our time with that, well done to everybody who predicted correctly a one-all result. Um, and several of you also correctly predicted the correct score. So you get four points. You know who you are. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who tweeted in with their predictions. And a top of the prediction league table roundup will follow at the end of this show. So Wednesday, the 28th of October, and as I proudly predicted in the last episode, 2-1, the club announced that the first round of the FA Youth Cup tie against Woking, due to be played on Monday, the 2nd of November, would be streamed live on the club's YouTube channel. We've got more on that game right at the end of the podcast. Yeah, on Thursday, the 29th of October, Ross Embleton was live on the club's YouTube channel at 4.30, answering questions ahead of the Bolton Wanderers match. Yeah, and in Mooney Friday, 30th of October, it was actually David Mooney's birthday. So happy birthday, Mooney, who I long for, but I have moved well on from. Um, but it wasn't also David Mooney's birthday. It was also time that young O's midfielder, Brendan Shabani, joined National League Southside Concord Rangers on a one-month loan deal. So we wish Mr Shabani the best of luck and hope he has a good loan spell um, out of that. Absolutely. All the best to you there, uh, Brendan. Uh, On Saturday, the 31st of October, Halloween as it was, happy 60th birthday, the big 6-0 to O's fan and long-time listener of this very podcast, Paul Brooks. Thanks for everything that you've done uh, by engaging with us and we hope you had a brilliant day. You certainly had a brilliant looking cake. He absolutely did. I bet. I hope it tasted as good as what it looks to Paul. The under 18s were in league action in the morning at home to Stevenage. Lost the game 5 2. The Olds goes coming from Finley Lovat and Saeed Nello. So unlucky there to the young nose. I thought we mentioned it last week, but new uh, Twitter account, LOFC Academy, giving some really good coverage on the Youth Academy. So I want to jump on for Olds fans if you haven't jumped on that account already yeah absolutely and finally I'd add to that finally they've yeah. got their own account and, and able to follow what the youngsters are doing and giving them a lot more exposure it's uh, hopefully there's more to come from that account but as always we run a Twitter poll uh, before each um, each Saturday game and uh, no different to yesterday's match against Bolton we want to know how you think we're going to get on and we had 219 votes in 24 hours and the vote ended as follows 21.5% of you thought a draw 24.2% of you thought we'd lose, but a whopping 54.3% thought Orient would win that. So thanks to everyone who took the time to cast their vote. Very confident fan base. So the Seems team. Yeah, absolutely. The team was announced at 2 pm with Lawrence Bigger in goal. At the back, Tim Jackinola, Josh Coulson, Dan Happy, and Joe Willowson. Midfield of Fusise, Joby McEnough, for Craig Clay. And up top, James Brophy, Danny Johnson and Connor Wilkinson. On the bench for this one, Sam Sargent, Jamie Turley, Hector Kiprianu, Josh Wright, James Dayton, Louis Dennis and the JMD. <laughs> the JMD. Um, <laughs> there was one change to the starting lineup from Exeter City as Joe Willison started for the first time since Warsaw away two weeks ago on the 13th of October at the expense of Jordan Maguire, who dropped to the bench. And interestingly... Bolton didn't name a substitute goalkeeper on their bench. Yeah, I mean, that could have been pretty pivotal, not naming a substitute goalkeeper, and we'll come on to it. For me, I really liked that lineup. I hope Ruel is okay. Obviously, he's been out now for a week with his head injury, so I hope the head injury isn't too bad. And, you know, we mentioned Joe Willison's first start since October the 13th, but that's when he started as a centre back. In this game, he was obviously starting in his preferred position as a left back, and what many fans have been calling for by asking for James to be played higher up the pitch became a reality in this match. So a lot of fans who had previously been moaning now mm. were very happy with that one. And, you know, with Rowe unavailable, with Liango unavailable, with James D, who was fairly quiet on the left-hand side uh, against Exeter, you know, and from Joe Widdowson doing so well against Exeter, the common-sense approach that Ross followed, and I think he got right, was putting Joe Widdowson back at left-back and pushing James Brophy higher up, high up the pitch. Interestingly, a lot of people thought we might have gone 3-5-2 for this one with Joe, Josh um, and Dan at, at, um, at centre-back with Brophy and Akinola at, at sort of wing-backs, I guess, but obviously that wasn't the case, that wasn't meant to be. 
Um, and, and obviously what happened did work. So brilliant. Uh, pretty much as you expect from me, uh, unless Jordan is struggling with a knock, then for me, I thought maybe it seemed a bit harsh to leave him out. I thought Joe Widdison did well at left-back when he came on on Tuesday night, so I understand why he's gone into the squad. Are we seeing Brophy, uh, this is obviously at the time, are we seeing Brophy playing much further up the pitch and will this reap the rewards that everyone has been suggesting it would or should? Plenty of attacking threat on that bench as well, so interesting options that Ross gave himself uh, against, uh, against Bolton. And we had a number of tweets uh, coming in from this, Dan Alton 2590 said it's what a lot of people wanted to see, so let's see if they're justified in their persistence. JMD deserves to start though, so I'm disappointed for him. Weird that Satoru stood out with a slight knock to the head, could have really done with him off the bench today. Yeah, the sipping Tim kept it short, he kept it sweet. Who just sweet is my weekly tweet. Can't believe JMD <laughs> isn't starting. <laughs> So Bolton got the match underway on a very wet and windy Halloween afternoon and with just 30 seconds on the clock, Baptiste's poor back pass was capitalised on by Danny Johnson who intercepted the pass but was brought down by Bolton keeper uh, Krellin as uh, uh, Danny tried to round him and the referee did not hesitate, immediately pointed to the spot. 100% penalty. Yeah. I mean, what a poor back pass from Baptiste. And once Johnson's in, you know who's inviting the challenge blatant penalty it's just a shame we didn't see a red card that followed although Ross did talk about not awarding the player a card in his post-match and said it is right to not card the player in accordance with the with the rules that were changed I think last season um, but I still would like to see him got sent off <laughs> or at least uh, did he, he got a card for that though didn't he I think no no card mate oh blimey ok um, Danny Johnson stepped up um, for this penalty very, very confident young man, but unfortunately his low effort to the right-hand side was saved by Krellin. He absolutely guessed correctly. I thought that was a good penalty into the corner, but, you know, 50-50 keep, keep, yeah, and the keeper guessed right. Um, interesting one there. At least he had it on target. He's made the keeper work for it and the keeper's guessed right. Yeah, not a bad penalty. Keeper went early, guessed the right way. If he goes yeah. the wrong way, one 0 and... Yeah, you know, I always say if they hit the target and it's a decent strike, then I can't really moan too much. But Danny Johnson wasn't to be denied for too long as he gave the O's the lead in the seventh minute. As an O's had the corner, it was cleared against James Brophy, and the ball fell favourably to him as he picked it up, glided beautifully into the area, surged past Bolton defence. We were in a good position, crossed the ball low and hard, and there was the DJ who tapped in from close range. No mistake this time, one 0 to the Orient. What a great goal that was. We were really seeing the benefit immediately of having James Brophy higher up the pitch. I thought that was a really well-worked goal um, and absolutely delighted. I, sh I shouted out loud. I don't normally do that um, at home, but I absolutely shouted out loud on that one. I was in the house on my own, to be fair, so I didn't scare anyone. But yeah, really good goal that. You went all Kent Teague by yourself? I went all Kent Teague by myself, yes. <laughs> Excellent work That's by James Brophy Good to see Johnson Get a goal so quickly After the penalty miss That would have done His confidence A world of good And Ian Titus Tweeted us Straight after He scored Saying really pleased For that goal Fit the penalty miss Might have proved costly Well played Brophy Yeah 13 minutes on the clock Dan Happy was dispossessed By Sarsovic Who fed Del Finesso And whose cross Was to the back post Found an unmarked Rock bank Who put his head wide Despite having time and plenty of space and I thought that was really poor defending from us uh, and for them who's going to be that Brockbank's going to be absolutely mortified that he's not put that away because that should have been the equaliser that's the key moment in the game isn't yeah. it if they score that it's one all we're deflated they're all over us it's a completely different different game but should have scored he didn't happy with that so 19th minute decent build up play for Bolton again moved the ball well which was worked out wide to Kyoso who struck his half volley very early and into the side netting. Rigor had that one covered all day long. Yeah, I agree. We nearly doubled our lead in the 28th minute, though. Some excellent build-up play involving several Orient players. Eventually saw Joby McEnough float across in, which Krellin actually dropped, and Clay, Craig Clay was there, and he nudged the ball towards goal because he was on the floor at this point, um, but it got cleared off the line. Um, that was, you know, there's been some intense moments of play here which have made this... Actually quite an entertaining half so far and we're not even at the half hour mark but that was really unlucky that that never crossed the line. A little bit more yeah. of a push on that or a poke on that and that would have been absolutely 2-0. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Craig Clay never scores. He only scores tapping. So, you know, unlucky there for Craig Clay's 33rd minute. Lawrence Bigaroo was called into action. As Nahua floated the ball over to Sarsovic, who may have used his arm to control the ball, but the ref didn't agree. And his pass across the penalty area was bravely met by Bigaroo. Yeah, good save by Lawrence there. Sarsovic looked dangerous again in the 35th minute as his cross was met by Brokebank. Um, but his effort uh, was blocked and eventually cleared. 39th and then Connor Wilkinson was pulled down just outside the Bolton box as he tricked his way past two Bolton players as he won a free kick in a dangerous position and it was him and Joby both looking at the ball and it was Joby who indeed took the free kick and took it beautifully as he trolled the ball into the top corner well over the wall and the ball flew into the net crediting no chance and it was 2-0 as Joby McEnough scored his first EFL go in in 1,323 days, his last league goal falling on the 18th of March 2017 for Stevenage. What a way to break wow. three and a half year duck. Wow, great stat there. Beautiful free kick. And the keeper was at full stretch as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's contender for goal of the month and possibly one of the goals that will be at the end of the season in the top ten, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, no no League 2 keeper is getting near that. Beautiful from Joby. And another fantastic goal from him this season, following mm-hmm. up from his Plymouth one. So he's scored two beautiful ones yeah. this season. And three minutes later, a crazy game got even crazier. Mm-hmm. As we got another free kick, Connor Wilkinson again fouled this time, just outside the box by Santos. This one was a bit further out. The angle wasn't as obvious this time. And again, Connor and Joby looking over the ball. This time, kind of Wilkinson struck it, got the ball up and over the wall, into the bottom corner, ball flew into the net past Quillin, 3-0. Unbelievable, wasn't it? I absolutely leapt up at that point. I went full-blown Kent Teague at this point. Um, because I think we've been, you know, we've been really sport for choice on goals. I mean, I, did, I didn't expect Connor to take it. Um, I expected Joby to take it. But he's at, that is an absolute beauty of a goal. Uh, and again, there's another one for contender, A for goal of the month and possibly B for contender for goal of the year. I, yeah, we've been sport for choice in this game so far. Uh, superb free kick. I think, if I remember rightly, Joby takes with his right foot and Connor takes with his left foot. So yeah. it's probably all about angles, but a beautiful strike there. And obviously, Connor, having played at Bolton for four seasons and never scoring for Bolton, does the old knee slide and does the old shush slide. Although Connor... There aren't any bloody fans in the ground, mate. So I don't know who you're shushing. No one's there. Yeah, but, but. I think, I think it's probably those that were watching on, on the stream, the Bolton fans in the stream. But I don't know if that was actually caught on uh, on video, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, no, cheeky, that. Um, three minutes of time were added on with nothing really to mention as the referee brought, a half, brought the half to a close with Orient leading 3-0 after a spectacular first 45 minutes of football. Um, for me, I just made a quick note here that, you know, what on a brilliant half of football and we are deservedly ahead and Bolton have had flashes of what they're about, but we've taken three good opportunities. So let's hope we don't muck it up in the second half. Yeah, I thought we played really well in the first half. I was quite surprised at how poor Bolton were in defence. Going mm. forward, they actually looked okay, but defensively, they looked all over the place. From experienced players, who really should know better, but mm. let's not take anything away from our attack. All three goals were absolutely excellent. Uh, Orient underscore Red tweeted us uh, at half-time. He said, in shock, but if there is any team that can throw away a 3-0 lead at half-time, then that team is Leighton Orient. <laughs> what a difference Brophy makes when playing in attack. I love the fact that Orient are 3-0 up and there's still a fan <laughs> tweeting. And there's probably still a few fans thinking it that Orient could throw it away. We could be 6-0 up and there'd be an Orient fan going, well, we could concede 7 in the second half. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm sure we've got plenty of form for it and I was actually thinking, well, if it was 2-0, I'd be a bit nervous. 3-0, I'm a little bit less nervous, but I'm still a bit nervous. Um, <laughs> Spring Lee Neat uh, said, well, I thought my predicted 2-0 with DJ and Joby scoring had come a bit too early, but great goal from Wilco. Yeah, I love the fact that people are thinking about the predictions yeah. uh, you know, during the game. So, Orient, that's amazing. I yeah. love it. Orient, the second half, underway, no changes made. Was Bolton made two subs, which meant all their subs had already been used following uh, the offer of Chuenzo coming off earlier in the first half. So, Ian Everett making all his subs uh, by the start of the second half. Fair enough. In the 50th minute, the O's won another free kick in a dangerous position, but this time Joby McEnough's free kick was saved by Krellin. 
Yeah, I think if that goes in, you see an absolute rout. But in the 57th minute, though, 3 0 became 4 0. And somewhat of a collector's item as Craig Clay <laughs> opened his account for the season. As JP McEnough left the pass from James Brophy, following again a really good James Brophy run, he rolled the pool into the path of Craig Clay, who looked up, controlled it, and it slotted a beautiful shot into the net, beautifully from outside the box. Cullen rooted to the spot, and it was 4 0. I mean, that's three absolute corkers in this game. I think we have to give absolute kudos to James Brophy in the build-up. That's two assists in this game from James Brophy. And Craig Clay, take a bow, son, because you ain't hitting many better than that at all this no, season. Absolutely. absolutely. It's been a while since uh, I think Craig last scored, um, but an absolute goal of the season contender um, as well. So absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Harlow Orion tweeted us as soon as that goal went in by saying, say please for Clay, he's been superb this season, his work rate is second to none. Um, 67 minutes on the clock, the O's had the ball in the net again as Joby McEnough played in Danny Johnson, whose low shot beat Cullen, but the offside flag was correctly up from the linesman. Yeah, 68 minute, no surprise, as the first O's up of the game uh, took place as Joby McEnough came off and Josh Wright came on no surprise there for me no absolutely uh, Kiyoso delivered a low cross from the right in the 71st minute it was met by Crawford whose first time shot was well blocked by Josh Coulson yeah very well blocked by Josh Coulson to be fair Josh 75th minute second sub for the O's as Louis Dennis came on for James Brophy again subs at that point with that scoreline makes perfect sense to me yeah 81 minutes on the clock now Crawford tried to shoot from distance but that was pushed behind for a corner by Lawrence Vigaroo yeah, 82nd minute, third and final sub for the O's as James E came on for Connor Wilkinson. Yeah, there was a little bit of pressure from Bolton with no real chances to speak of as three minutes of time were added at the end of the 19. The referee, Brett Huxtable, blew his full-time whistle and the O's won at home for the first time this season as Bolton Wanderers' fallen giants were comprehensively beaten 4 nil. Yeah, unbelievable, really. So, Ross Emerson spoke to Dave Victor after the match. We're not going to play any uh, of the interview. That is available on the club's official YouTube channel. So, if you want to hear what Ross said, go over to the club's YouTube channel where you can watch that interview in full. So, that win sees us move up to 11th place in League Two, having now played 10 games, won four, drawn three, lost three, with a goal difference now of plus four, and on 15 points. So, bearded legend, bearded wonder, I know you enjoyed that one. So, what were your views? Absolutely loved it. What an absolutely fantastic result. Probably the complete performance this season. Four goals from four different scorers, two worldie free kicks, and we haven't apparently scored two free kicks in a game since Plymouth in 2011, and a certain Dean Cox obviously, being one of those two, one of the two players that, uh, that scored it. So, uh, well done to the Statos out there on social media that, uh, that were able to, to help me out with that one, actually, or help Matt Hiscock out with that one. Goal of the month is going to be a tough one for October. I think there's three contenders in that game alone, and, you can, and the club only put out four. Um, forget the fact that it's Bolton Wanderers of yesteryear with all their history and the fact that they've won the FA Cup four times and all the big name players who have played for them in the past because that's not the side we're playing now. They're at the level that they're at for, 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 reason, for a reason. So, you know, we can only play who's in front of us and I think we did extremely well. We set up well against them. Thought everyone worked really hard doing their jobs as best as they possibly can. They had some prominent players in attack. That Kiyoso, Sarsovic, uh, Brockbank, they were three really strong, solid players who perhaps on another day would have buried their chances. Their, their, their goalkeeper as well, Billy Krelling, came for a public dressing down by their manager in a recent game and I don't think he did himself any favours and I certainly wouldn't have liked to have been in their dressing room post-match listening to, to their manager going at him but um, you know I thought he was a little bit reckless at times and I certainly wouldn't want him in goal for us either. Uh, we've moved up the league and it's done our goal difference the world of good you know we're, we're 11th in the league now we ended September in 12th so we're up one place having dropped down to 17th so we, you know we've yo-yoed a bit but more than happy with where we are now we seem to have our rhythm Ross seems to have the luxury of having a settled uh, pretty much a settled side um, and now we're looking up the table rather than down Steve your views yeah I like it I thought that was a really good performance actually I don't think there'll be many better games than that this season although we're only in October 
I think as poor as Bolton were, we were very good all over the park. And it's been a while, again, talking about stats, I can't remember the last time we had four different goal scorers in a match. So if anyone is listening and out there knows that and can correct me, let me know. Uh, Clean sheet was a huge positive. And we mentioned how kind of bad Bolton were, but Bolton were actually unbeaten, I think, in their last three games coming into this one. They'd had two draws and a win, so they weren't coming in this with bad form. I thought James Brophy was excellent. You know, proved the point about playing him further forward. He gets two assists out of the four. You know, the other two goals, the three kicks were absolutely brilliant. Craig Clay's goal was spectacular. And two weeks ago, we sat here, you know, berating some of the players and the management when we played so poor at Grimsby. And just two weeks later, we just look a completely different team. So I think we have to give credit to the players, uh, to the management and everyone involved now. And Ross, now, I think as you've alluded to, there's several headaches and all the players will want to be on that pitch and it'll be interesting to see whether Ross keeps the same 11 for Tuesday or whether he goes with a different 11 um, but great headaches for Ross to have as you'd expect then we had loads of views coming into at Orient Outlook thank you to anyone who took time to that as a tweet and time again to mention just because we mentioned the tweets doesn't mean we agree with them so Molly Folly 2019 has been fairly critical of Ross this fantastic result does this fantastic result settle the argument? Widowson, solid at left back. Brophy, brilliant on the wing, creating two goals. Both also combining so well. Joby starting and the main man setting the tone. Ross is finally listening. Nothing to complain about. Please do not change it. Matty, LOFC Evans said strange things happen on Halloween. This is one of those things. Great performance and Brophy must start further up going forward. Bolton looked proper pony. George LOFC said, shows Ross evolution as a manager. In previous times, I think we would have sat back after going the goal up, but instead we kept attacking. Great mm. performance. Yeah, absolutely. Paul Gregory said, I've been critical of Craig Clay previously. Today, he was outstanding. Man of the match for me. Yes, yeah, but on. I would agree that I've been very critical of Clay yeah. at points. I think this week against Exeter South Bolton, he has looked very, very strong. And his this assist power. midweek as well against Exeter. He's had a very solid week, Craig Clay. Maybe this has been the turning point of his season. Maybe he listened to the podcast after Exeter when I publicly and you know unashamedly called him out. Um, Craig, you've been fantastic. Please keep up whatever you've been doing in the last two weeks. Vince Howard. 73. So not seeing such a complete performance from the O's for quite some time was just as impressive is that we didn't sit back in the second half and we still went at them. Brilliant display. Yeah, I think we've sniffed blood, a lot of blood, so we've gone for it and it's massively it's massively helped us. PM31970 said very good performance from the whole team. Never got any better for Bolton after they gave away the early penalty. Johnson didn't let the penalty miss affect him. Two cracking free kicks and a class strike from Craig Clay. A great day for all O's fans. Yeah, Daniel underscore D44. It's a superb performance and four great goals. Happy Coulson and Akinola have been incredible in the last four games. The midfield and front three were also on the money. Finally, starting to see the benefits of the 4-3-3. I have to say, Bolton were terrible on a par with Tranmere. And Stevenage. Wrecker Blue Apps, a complete performance from start to finish. Could have been six. Hard to pick a man of the match. Great to see McEnough and Clay pick up the goals. Positivity all round. Richie J. Bourne said, totally outclassed the league favourites. Looked very dangerous on each attack and cruised it in the final 20 minutes. David Reichard, 80, said, really good performance, although I think it's only a glimpse of what this team can do. We're getting more and more consistent and some of the football at times is fantastic. Alan Reese-Susan, what the simplest of changes can do, eh? Imagine where we might be if players played in their actual positions all season. Always said we had the attacking talent to do well when players played where they should when the attacking players can produce that. Fantastic performance. I would have liked to have seen Kipriano have to come on over right just for some game time. But right is decent when you want to close the game out. Uh, Parksy1881 said, Where are these non-league players in, the, in our squad? A brilliant win. Top half, goals galore, DJ scores for fun, Craig Clay top bins, free kick shenanigans, 13 points clear of South End. Yaz on the playlist tonight, get in. Like that one, Billy Campbell GB, another one who's been very critical of Ross at times uh, and the team. Because I can't quite believe we've just done that. Absolutely brilliant. Every single one of them were excellent today. Superb. 
more of that on Tuesday, please. Yeah, I think I'm going to get his tweet framed. Um, Orient Ballbag said, brilliant performance from the team. Not 20 minutes here and 15 minutes there or a first half on it, second half go missing. A full 90 minutes performance, all switched on and focused and a clean sheet as well. And I think that's a really excellent point. Oh, I think that's a great tweet. Well done, Orient Ballbag. A Gorillas 1985. So not a bad way to get your first home league win in a season. Without COVID, I think we would be higher. Here is a sentence I didn't think I would say. Clay and LRB both scoring on the same day. I wonder if they were on the pitch at Bromley. Roll on Tuesday in RE, we trust. Probably not. There's probably one man and his dog at Bromley. Uh, and they lost that game 2-1 anyway. <laughs> Um, Les LK52 said can't argue with that every player was superb and Brophy showing what a nonsense it is to play him in defence clearly the team playing for Ross great point there Les and and I said I'd judge him after te- around 10 or 12 games so no need to wait he's the man to take us forward well done all I love uh, Les LK's old school sayings what a nonsense it is love it <laughs> yeah. so he's a junior so it looked really well balanced everyone had a good performance much more solid with Clay and Cissé together. And Widow soon at left-back. Bolton were dreadful. Their keeper, horrific. Yeah, he was. Dave M1812 said, brilliant win. This was the complete 90-plus minute performance we've been asking for. People asking for Brophy higher up, including me, seem to be vindicated. But it is only one match. I cannot pick a player as man of the match, so it must be Ross for getting selection and tactics spot on. I heart Rushmore, it's a great performance. Back four did well, and I thought we had another gear if needed. The teams we've beaten recently haven't been great, but I hope the people wanting Ross out enjoyed that win as much as I did. Uh, Pills the Doe Man said, Great to see Brophy playing further forward where he can really hurt the opposition. Just as important, though, to see Widdison back, slotted in as if he hadn't been away. That's why JE had him playing there during his tenure. Woodison and Akinola, the best defensive fullbacks in League Two. That's quite some statement. Steady on pills the dome, man. Yeah. Give him a chance. He's only played one game. Ian <laughs> Hutchison, 0-8. A superb performance from the whole team. Joby is key to our success. Needs to play as much as possible. Tactics and formation. Spot on from Ross and the team. Great result, but it's now on to Tuesday and how we build on this performance. I'll just go back in. I think last week I mentioned about Joby, who's name I still think is the first on the team sheet I think Joby now has to play every game and once you get two goals up or three goals up or even a goal up with 15-20 minutes left that's when you bring Joby off I think he's just too influential at the moment to not be in the starting lineup, even in regards to Tuesday Saturday games yeah very interesting um that's a good point, but the question is, is will his body allow him to do that? He's got to recover. These games aren't easy games, and um, you know I think he's just going to have to be managed. He didn't play much of anything. He didn't play one game last season, so effectively, if you overload him now, he's likely to break down, I would imagine. I mean, I know he's super fit and whatnot, but nonetheless. Um, penultimate word this week goes to Steve Chaplin for who said, a hard-working performance with moments of sublime football. Whoever thinks that the standard in the National League is on par with League Two, well, defence bar one lapse in the first half restricted Bolton to long-range efforts. Good all-round performance, but Akinola, he just gets better. And the final word on Bolton goes to the chef at MS Orient. It's a great performance that will silence the minority of fans. A complete 90-plus performance from every O's player, and I can't choose a man in the match, as they were all outstanding. We played Bolton off the park, just a pity O's fans were not there. So a huge amount of tweets coming to us or in our look throughout the last week. Thank you to everyone who tweeted us on our social media accounts. And let us know if you agree or disagree with any. You can send us a tweet if you like, or you can email us if you're not on Twitter. You can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. Or if you're not on email and you're on Facebook, you can send us a message at Orient Outlook Podcast. Or if you're on Instagram, you can message us at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. So the Design Cabby Prediction League update, well done, absolutely. This was a real left-field prediction here by ACW2525, who correctly predicted 4-0 to the O's and correctly predicted one of the scorer and is the only person this week to pick up any points. You get four points, so well done to you. And that means the top of the prediction, the, sorry, the Design Cabby Prediction League is as follows. 
Yeah, 13 points. George Gurks leads the way. Closely followed now on 11 points with East London Exile and the Tipping Tim. And there's a few people on 10 points breathing down their necks. Beacross 95, Boatsy, Dan Alton 2590, DMC1 entire, LOFC 08, Smokos, Wadsey and Wings Mad. It's been another crazy and busy week in the Iron Outlook podcast design Cadbury Prediction League. So we say thank you for all of your predictions and keep sending them in. Uh, pre-match absolutely so that rounds up uh, yesterday's game against Bolton we're now moving on as we record today Sunday the 1st of November and Joby McEnough Craig Clay and Connor Wilkinson were named in the League 2 paper uh, the League 2 papers League 2 team of the day and the in the official Skybet League 2 team of the week with Ross Embleton named in both as top boss for the day, and deservedly so. There's a bit of an Orient domination going on in both of those, but we love it. Yeah, deservedly so. Well done to, you know, Joby, Craig, Connor, and Ross, the boss. So this afternoon, the ladies were supposed to be in cup action away to Eastbourne. That was postponed due to the bad weather and a new date to be confirmed for that tie. But the ladies' reserves were in action against MK Don's development, and they won 4 1 with a hat trick from LMA and a single strike from Gemma. So from us, our in outlook podcast hours, well done to the ladies' development team. Great to see. Yeah, and just before we started recording this evening, the club announced that the upcoming FA Youth Cup first round game against Woking that was due to be played on Monday night and uh, streamed on the club's YouTube channel, that's now been postponed by a week following a pitch inspection at Brisbane Road and will now be played on Monday the 9th of November, uh, as I say, following a pitch inspection. Um, So uh, that will be pushed back by a week and we've just gone an hour and one minute. So let's wrap this up then. Yeah, fantasy football update. So at the time of recording, I'll have the table update fairly shortly. Jamie Wellham is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League, ahead of Patrick Trabar in second place. I'm currently in 86th place out of 297 players, so not too bad. But that table is always changing. So thank you to everyone who's playing in that one. So time for the positives and negatives of the week. I think you done positives last week, Mr. Yeah, Lee, but I'm going to this week. Crack so on. I'll do positives yeah. this week then. So first positive, just the Bolton match in terms of everything about it. You know, we've spoken about it. Goals from four different players, keeping a clean sheet, goals all over the pitch, a really, really perfect performance. That's the first positive. Our second positive this week is now we're four games unbeaten. So we've won three out of the last four. Drawing the other game, you know, confidence will be high. Great to see. And our last positive is our league position. You know, we're now 11th. As Paul mentioned, we were 12th coming out of September. We are moving up the table. Big opportunity coming up this week to take more points um, in a very difficult league game that we'll come to shortly. But three really good and really, really big positive so Mr Levy you want to do the negatives yeah just two this week Ruel's injury is obviously a concern um, and obviously the youth team losing as well we, we struggle for negatives this week thankfully we quite like having those sorts of problems um, we encourage those sorts of problems that we can't find negatives but uh, yeah but, but we found a couple of small ones uh, which now moves us on to our hero of the week and this week it is I think, first of all, I think we could say it could have been a number uh, of players. It could have easily been Joby again. It could have easily been Connor Wilkinson again. Uh, Shouts for Vigaroo. Shouts for Akinola. Coulson, we've spoken about, makes two vital blocks in both games at vital times. Could have been Ross. Could have been anyone. Sorry to delay your uh, drum roll, Mr Levy. Team me up again. Team me up again. Go for it. Okay, here we go then. Hero of the week is... Craig... Clay, well played, Craig Clay. Superb week, a great performance against Exeter. He gets an assist against Exeter, actually, to be fair. Plays really well, and in yesterday, he scores one of the best, if not the best goal of his career, and has another fantastic game. Well done, Craig Clay. You deserve that one. Yeah, absolutely. So next week's fixtures, they're coming thick and fast now. We've got another Tuesday, Saturday set up this week. Next, we're on the road, as Steve just said, to Forest Green Rovers. We're playing them on Tuesday the 3rd of November. They're currently 6th in the league. They lost 2-1 away to Cheltenham in in their local derby on Saturday. Forest Green have won 3 and lost 2 of their last 5 games and will no doubt be difficult opponents. But we went there early in the season, we beat them 2-1. And with our form at the moment, we really have nothing to fear. 
Yeah, Lynn, on Saturday, 7th of November, we're in FA Cup first round action at home to current league leaders Newport County. Be a tough game, maybe. Harrogate Town at home, 2-1. They scored late on in the game on Saturday. Uh, they've won their last five games, having conceded only two goals in those five games. I watched the Football League show on Quest. They should have lost yesterday. They were very lucky, actually. Um, but they're in good form. They do like scoring a late goal or two, so we'll have to be on it all 90 minutes so big week there two very important features coming up absolutely sponsorship reminders so don't forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around visit the home of the 15% discount that is AJF plastering they're on Facebook or Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs that is it for this week it surely is thank you for joining us for all of the twos episode 222 it's been another good week on the pitch for yos and who can believe that since the negativity we all felt just two weeks ago in episode 220 we've now taken 10 points from 12 available in the last four games three wins and a draw we're all buzzing from the last week of results as we drew a tough game at home against Exeter City and then thumped Bolton Wanderers 4 at home in a game which will live long in the memory so it's another big week coming up for the O's facing a difficult league fixture away to Forest Green Rovers and later in the week looking to progress to the second round of the FA Cup against an inform Newport County, which won't be easy. So hopefully next week we'll be talking about another two wins and continuing to sing the praises of the players and management. Yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a review. The podcast reviews on iTunes have been very quiet over the last month and as we enter okay. another lockdown... There's never been a better time to give us a positive review on iTunes. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, any podcast platform, add us to your favourites. And that way, you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. We are also on all smart speakers, so listening to the pod has never been easier. And if you have an older relative, a loved one, or an annoying chum who you think will like the podcast, grab their phone and download it for them and pass the Pod. So we'll be back with episode 223 next week. Even though we're in lockdown, the podcast will not stop. As long as there's football, there will be the Orient Outlook yeah. podcast. We're, as always, we'll have all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And keep, as always, keep calm. Have a great week. This one is for Adam Parks. And listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Hold on.